I want to talk to you a little bit, and this is kind of throwing things against the wall. None of this stuff. Don't hold me to any of it, okay? These are ideas. Uh, These are things I've been praying about for small groups. Uh, These are things I've been kind of mulling over, talking with people. I've been meeting with people, talking about the different small groups and what would be effective and what's good and what's not good. And what can we do to to take that next step of growth in all of our small groups? And one of the things that we talk about in small groups all the time is we we want to see community. I would say we've done a pretty good job, our small group leaders have done a pretty good job of fostering, have actually done a really good job of fostering the sense of community. Uh, they're growing, people are involved, people are engaged, people are taking care of one another. Small group leaders are acting as the, the, the initial pastor to a lot of these people, um, a lot of the people in our, in our church, and that's been great. But as I was praying over this year and really kind of, Praying through it, when David Scott and I were in Cameroon, some things, talking with some of the people there and thinking about things uh, with small groups and just small churches. So some of those guys' churches were no bigger than one of our small groups. And so one of the things that kept coming to mind, I feel like the Lord gave me, was the idea of discipleship in small groups. That we're good at community, we're good at discussing the sermon, we're good at uh, reading our books and discussing books. All those things are great. This is not critical any way, shape, or form, so don't hear it that way. This is just kind of, what can we do to disciple one another to take that next step into a deeper relationship with the Lord? And I'll be honest, I don't know what that is yet. I've been meeting with people and talking with people, but we've, we've had different ideas. Things like Bible focus, Bible studies, uh, studying the Gospels and breaking it up into different parts, breaking the Bible up and having Bible studies that focus specifically on different areas of the Bible, maybe the Gospels or the Prophets or history or the letters or things like that. Uh, we've talked about uh, worship groups that are, that are focusing on growing in worship. We'll have a new group that's going to start um, in a few weeks. It's going to be just meeting in a home and just, just going to worship, and it's different ways of worshiping. It's It's singing and it's silence and it's talking and it's all of those things, but it's a, just this recognition that the presence of God is in the room and, and responding to that. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot of different things come up. And so what I'm asking you for, like if you have any ideas, if you think the Lord's given you something specifically, I want to hear from you as we start developing this and seeing how to go forward. We're going to do a small group leader summit coming up and we're going to talk about all these things with our small group leaders, see if we can, see if we can equip them to take people deeper. Not, is that not what, that what we're doing is bad right now, but there's a next step. There's always the next thing, and I feel like we can, step, we can step deeper, and it's us pulling each other in the same direction to a deeper relationship with Jesus. And that's really the focus for me, praying about small groups from this point on. Um, and then there'll be a next step after that, but I don't think we ever, and maybe disciple. Yeah, being disciples is maybe a bad word. Maybe it's discipling, this ongoing, continual move towards depth and growth in areas that, that we lack. And the personal story from that is one of the areas that most of my Christian life I've really struggled with is, is prayer. I can worship and I can read and study, but sometimes praying and listening to the Lord's hard for me. And so one of the ways that it, it helped, I'm not an expert by any means, but surrounding myself with people who are engaged there, who are, who, are, who are deeper, who can take me along with them and discipling me and leading me and hearing God's voice and praying and responding and inviting God into the midst of things in my life. And it's been, it's been life-changing for me and for my family. And so we want to make that opportunity available for everyone. The other thing that we're looking at with small groups is 
Some of you are called to be small group leaders. Like that's God saying, this is your deal. You're called to lead people into deeper relationship. And maybe you're busy. Maybe you're, you know, you don't have, you have a lot of things going on. You don't want to take the time. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of preparation, all of those things. But I would encourage you to ask the Lord specifically, am I called to do this? And if you are, to respond to that. The more people that we have leading people in deeper relationships, we get to see discipleship happening. We will see multiplication. And I'm not talking about growing the church, but I'm talking about our small groups growing and having greater influence and having greater impact. Not just in the group, but outside of the group. Where our small groups start taking care of each other, we're good at. Connecting with the Lord, we're good at. We can always get better at. Going out and serving the community. If we want to see community transformation, I think you got to see small groups of people going out and making a difference in areas in which they're called. And small groups is a great way to connect to different areas. All of you have been called in specific places, and you've got places you can go. There's opportunities to serve with the Act 6 guys here. There's opportunities to serve at Park Street. There's opportunities to volunteer at the table at Delk with, with Scott and Tina. But there's all kinds of opportunities for our small groups to go out and be the church to people who, 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 aren't, who don't know Jesus. It's evangelism, but it's also service, and it's also community transformation. Even take, It's taking care of other people who may love Jesus, who may know him, but they just can't take care of themselves. There's a, there's a responsibility like Stephen to go and take care of those folks as well. And so I'd encourage you. Small group leaders, push deeper. Start, you know, not start. Begin to take your, your, your groups into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And what that looks, I would encourage you to ask the Lord, what does it look like? And then whatever he tells you, please email me and tell me. Because I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you think we can do to make our small groups better uh, and push those. And so if you have anything for me again, email me with that. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'm just excited about this idea. That, that I feel like the Lord has definitely given me this word and, and placed this on my heart. And I would like to, I'd love to see our small groups actively discipling each other. So if you're a small group leader, we want you to come uh, to our small group leadership, um, leadership summit. I sent you an email last week about that. So just respond to that when you get a chance. Let me know if you'll be there or not. To shift gears, the second thing. If you look on your table... Uh, there are note cards, and there's that little card that has all of our mission trips on it. You grab those. You have to share some of the cards with the mission trips on it, but everybody grab a, a note card for me. I learned something. I learned a really cool lesson this last year. Um, I was meeting with one of our mission trip leaders pretty regularly, and and he just encouraged me to pray for his trip specifically over uh, probably a five- or six-month period. He gave me five things that he wanted me to engage in prayer for. He, and he, he, he was very specific about it. And so we met together and we prayed for those five things once a week. Uh, he met with other people. and He was obviously praying for it more than I was. His team was praying for it every time that they gathered. And when they went there, they went to a place that was, it was hard soil. It was an unreached place. It was actually a hostile place. The town that they went to, uh, there was not a church and there was not a Christian in the entire town. And one of the things that he, he asked us to pray for, he said, I want you to pray specifically for a person of peace. And I was, 
I said, I don't even know what that means, a person of peace. And he started describing, this is someone who's going to welcome us into their home. This is someone who's going to receive what we have to say. This is going to be someone who is not going to shun us the first time we mention Jesus. They're going to welcome us in, and they're going to create contacts. And so it's just someone who's going to welcome Jesus into this place. And so we prayed for that specifically. It was as I got email updates every day, the first day they were there, that person came up to them and welcomed said, come into my shop. I want to hear what you have to say. And then the next day, that same guy invited the imam from, the, from the, that place in there. And they, you know, nobody converted, but it was an open dialogue discussion about Jesus and Islam. And then relationships developed. The 10 days that they were there, relationships developed, and they were meeting people. They were having conversations, and they, the idea is to go to this town and pray for it, and then missionaries, long-term missionaries, would follow up behind and kind of you know, work the soil that was just tilled. And what we saw is everything, all five things that we spent intentional time inviting God into, we saw God work in all five areas. He answered every single prayer that we had for that trip. And everything was just, it was, it was amazing to me. And it's like, wow, that worked. And so what I want to do going forward with our missions is I want you to commit to praying for one of those mission trips that are on that card. Commit to praying for it once a week until it, ta- until it leaves and then pray for it every day that the week it's gone. And I want you to commit to it in a way where you write your name on a note card, your email address, and the trip. Now, I told him last night, if you don't feel like this is your thing, don't do it. No pressure. No guilt. I don't want you to be motivated because everybody else at your table is doing it or anything like that. I want you to say, I'm going to commit to this. This is something I'm passionate about. I want to pray for this trip, and I want to pray for God to do things that are far beyond my expectations. And I'm going to connect you to the, to the trip leader. You'll get the trip update emails. You'll, the, the trip leader will send out when he's sending emails to their team, he or she sending emails to their team. You'll get those emails. You'll see what's going on. You're invited to the meetings if you want to go to them. You don't have to. But if you want to go and show up at their, at their pre-trip meetings, we go. But it's a commitment to pray for one of these trips, again, until it leaves. And then pray for that week, and then we'd love for you to show up for the post-trip meetings and see where God worked. I think it's a testimony two ways. I think it's a testimony to the people there that they're going, that the people they're witnessing to, that there's a group of people praying for you specifically right now. And then it's a testimony to God's goodness goodness when they come back and say, God answered these prayers. This is how God worked in these areas. And so I want you to take a minute, pray about that, ask the Lord specifically, which one of these do you want me to pray for? Write your name down, your email address, and the trip on that card. You just leave it on the table. I'll come by and get them when we're finished tonight. And you just leave that on the table. But just, we want to be a church that prays, but we also want to be a church that prays for support and inviting God into uh, these mission trips specifically. And be a church that prays for these teams as they go. So, again, take just a minute and, uh, and, and ask the Lord specifically, which one of these trips do you want me to pray for? Uh, I went in here at the beginning when um, David Scott asked, is anyone here for the first time, your first family dinner? Excellent. Glad y'all came. Thanks a lot. I know it's uh, maybe kind of a, a bit of an intimidating environment uh, initially, so really glad that y'all uh, chose to come. A uh, couple of things. One, Katie Leverett, knowing that song off the top of her head. Very impressive. 
I does beg the question why you would have learned that song in French, but I'm very impressed that you had it right there. Uh, Ambrosia Salad, Beth Current, uh, she's my winner for the night for, I, I thought it was a very, I, I thought it was, it was, it was risky. And I appreciated that. It had a throwback. It's something that you see at potlucks at church churches uh, that you've seen. It had the southern kind of heritage to it. Ambrosia salad. That's a staple at um, Wednesday night suppers. If you if you've ever been a part of those potluck things, and she she spiced it up. It had coconut on top of it. Very good. Excellent work. And I I didn't. I'm fasting. I didn't eat it. I didn't eat anything. And crystals. Was that you, Jane Scott? I thought that was sneaky also. Emma? They they were all taken. I think they're all gone. It was an excellent... And I, some people look like they may have had a little shame taking their crystal. They took them out of the box. But others were proud. They kept the box on their plate. It was good. I like it. It's very good. So y'all y'all win. Zucchini bread, bring it. Bring the zucchini bread. <laughs> huh? I don't eat vegetables. Correct. There are people in my house who do that. So they would, they'll appreciate zucchini bread. Uh, so um, as Jeremy said, so the purpose of these nights, one, is to hopefully help y'all connect. It's that we, we can't do Wednesday night suppers. Uh, we just don't have the, we don't have a kitchen, the, the facilities to do that. But this is kind of, is our version of that. It's that mid-sized group. It's bigger than your small group. It's smaller than Sunday morning. So hopefully it does help you connect with a few people. It's a, it's a nice uh, sized space for that. So that's uh, really the underlying reason for doing this is to help people uh, begin to develop some relationships maybe outside of, of just your small group. And the second is it gives us an opportunity to share some things that we wouldn't necessarily share on a Sunday. It's just not, it's not, uh, conducive to, to worship, and, and uh, on Sundays we really want to help people engage the Lord and move forward in their relationship with Him, and so some of this doesn't necessarily tie into that, but there are things that we want um, the body to be aware of, and uh, most of what we share, it's not, um, it's not concrete yet. Uh, we're trying to, we don't vote on things here um, at Stonebridge, but we do believe God speaks to the body through the body, and so when we say we want to hear from you, we actually do the things that we don't want to hear from you on we don't ask and so if we're asking and saying please give us feedback it's because we genuinely want that and we do take it into account Uh, maybe one of the more significant ones a couple of years ago i was sharing about a potential staff position and we had two family dinners then as well a tuesday and a wednesday or monday and a wednesday and we got feedback on the monday we actually changed the role from monday to wednesday uh, because of the feedback that we got from the dinner. So we do, we can't do everything that everyone says because sometimes those things, they're, they're contradictory. But we do value and we do believe God speaks uh, to the body through the body. And so we want to hear uh, if the Lord is uh, spurring, stirring something in you about the things Jeremy shared or the things that I'm going to share. We, we, we really do. Um, we mean that. That's not just a, a, a statement from us or just a, a slogan. So... When, if you were here on New Year's Eve on that Sunday, we did this thing, this kind of guided prayer. And during that time at nine o'clock, um, I heard a phrase, and that's what I want to try to unpack a little bit tonight. And I don't have very much concrete. This is a, 
kind of a 30,000 foot thing that I've been, I, I, I'm not, I'm not there. So it's a theme for me. So that kind of makes it a theme for us, uh, for 2018. And I'm hoping that over the course of this year, we can begin to put some feet on this phrase that I felt like the Lord, um, Impressed upon me, focus on multiplication. That was the phrase. Focus on multiplication. I want to try to unpack that a little bit tonight and maybe give you some handholds to help me and help us collectively uh, figure out what that looks like. So there's, there's two, really two ways uh, that churches grow or that churches deal with growth, however you want to see chicken and the egg there. One is addition. So addition is we have a box. And we want to get people in the box, and then when the box is full, we build a bigger box. We're adding people to what we already have. And there's multiple ways of doing addition, and we've done almost every one of them here at Stonebridge. You can add by adding a service. That's addition. We made the box bigger. It's the most economical way to do that. It doesn't cost anything. It's just it's, it's, uh, it's an extra service. The staff's already here. It's the cheapest way to make your box bigger. Some people... Um, we, we made our box bigger by moving a wall multiple times. We've renovated. We've added square footage. She'll be scrolling through, and you can see kind of the different phases of the things that we've done and how we've added. And it's been good, and it's been right, and most of those decisions have they're, – they're just logistical. Really, that's what you're talking about. How do we make this box bigger? You know, a, a, a trendy way of doing that now is to do a satellite campus. Even though it's not physically on the same space, it's still addition because it's the same church. It's just another way of making your box bigger. Like we have a room over here where somebody's watching this right now. That's, that's all that, all of those things are growth by addition or dealing with growth by adding. And again, there's, there's nothing inherently sinful. There's nothing inherently wrong. We've done almost every one of those in our 10-year history. So the, the catch for me is our vision is to see our community transformed by God. It's not to build a big box. And so there's 61,000 people in Marietta, and there's 741,000 people in Cobb County. You can't build a box that big. We can't get there. We're never going to see our community transformed by building a big Box And it really doesn't even matter how pretty it is. If you just 10% of the people just in this city, we can't build that big. There's not space in this city to build something that big. For just 10% of the people in Marietta, that's not even impacting our county as a whole. Sinful, and there very, very well may be churches whose vision is best accomplished by addition, by building a big box. But it's, that's not the case for us. We, we have and we will continue as we can, good stewardship-wise, to make our boxes as accommodating as we can. At 11 o'clock on Sunday, we had 253 people in here, and we have 228 chairs. So it was tight, but we're, we'll, we have that room. We're doing the best that we can on that. So I'm not saying that stuff's off the table but for me, it's this idea of if our vision is to see our community transformed by God, addition doesn't get us there. The other way of dealing with growth is multiplication, and that's not making a box bigger. It's making a box more than one box. It's creating a new box versus just making the one that you have larger. And that does, in my mind, 
lead in the direction of community transformation. When um, a couple of theological principles, one is incarnational ministry is the most effective type of ministry. That's when God had all of the options laid before him for how to reach humanity. The one that he chose was I'm going to become a person. Eugene Peterson in the, the message says God took on flesh. The word took on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. There's that idea that says when God could have done whatever was at his disposal to reach us, he said, the, the way I'm going to choose to reach you is by, com- by becoming one of you. That's the incarnation. And because Jesus is our model, then all minist- the, the most effective ministry follows him, which is being incarnational. It's flesh. It's personal. Books are great. Conferences are great. Podcasts are great. It's incarnate. It's someone that you can touch. And first principle, second, if you're following Jesus and you're a missionary, you, there's not, it's not an option. If you're following Jesus, you're a missionary. He says in John 20, as I was sent, I'm sending you. Y'all know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples. Though that, that's who you are. That's part of your identity as a son or a daughter of God is you're a missionary. And, and if you don't like the idea of being sent... Think about the idea of being placed, if that feels better for you. If when you hear the word sent, if you think I've got to move somewhere, ditch it. Take the word placed. God has put you somewhere, and it matters where he has put you. It's not for nothing that you are where you are. And if you think of place in terms of your neighborhood, that's fine. Your business, that's fine. Your kid's school, that's fine. Some civic organization you're a part of, that's fine. It, it doesn't have to literally be your street if that's not the place that really tugs at your heart. But think about the places where you live and move. God's put you there. In the Old Testament, when God was giving an inheritance to the Israelites, what he gave them was dirt. And he was very specific. This family gets this. If you've read Joshua, the second half of it, it reads like a survey of like a, a survey um, document because that's what it is. He's saying to the families, this is yours, and this is yours, and this is yours, and this is yours. This is the dirt that I'm giving you. And then he made a law and said you can't move the boundary stones. It's like a fence. You can't move those. Because if you move your fence out, you're stealing somebody else's inheritance. And if you move your fence in, then it creates this strip of chaos that's unoccupied. There were people in the land, and the Israelites had to drive them out, and then they had to occupy the space that God gave them or the Enemies were going to come back in. There's a spiritual metaphor for us. God has placed us throughout this city and throughout this county. And he has placed us in those places that, hey, this is your land. This is your spot. This is the inheritance that I'm giving to you. This is the ground that I want you to work. This, that's this, amen. So there's this. There's this idea for all of us. We're all incarnational ministry that's in flesh is the most effective. And every one of us is called to do that. That's what it means to be sent in the way that Jesus sent was sent. He was sent as a man. And so for us to say, what are the tribes and tongues in our city? What are the tribes and tongues and nations in our community? I'm not just talking about. Native, uh, about uh, literal languages or literal ethnic groups. There's tribes that 
they still look like me. They're white and they speak English, but they're a completely different group than the group that I'm a part of. Different likes, different tastes, all those types of things. So I was thinking about this idea of multiplication, and it's been on our minds since day one. Since we first started, we've wanted to be a church that planted churches. We came out of a church that planted a church. The same time Riverstone built a bigger and nicer box on Stylesboro Road, they also built a new box, which was Stonebridge, at the exact same time. And we're part of a network that plants churches, and it's something that we've wanted to do. And so when I've thought multiplication, I've always thought we'll call it a traditional church on your church experience, but it is. We just we have a band instead of a uh, of an or, instead of a choir, and we don't wear robes. But the setup it's it's a traditional church, and that's what we've planted as a network. And so I've spent eight years trying to find people who look like me who would go and plant a like-minded, different-looking church somewhere else in Marietta or in Cobb County. And we've had different. We've flirted with different people, and, but we've never been able to actually move anything forward. We helped with River City. We sent probably 20 people with that, and that was great for us. But we haven't, we've never identified a church planter kind of in the traditional sense, someone who's going to stand up and deliver a message and run an organization. But we haven't found that. Again, we've, we've flirted with different people, and there's still people in our congregation who are thinking about that on different levels, and I do think that will be part of what multiplication means for us. But what I, I started to think in the fall was maybe that's not the deal. And I had breakfast with a guy, um, a pastor friend of mine, and he said to me, I don't know that that's God's primary way of transforming a community anymore. And I don't, I don't know if that was a word from God to me or not, but I've been chewing on it. And then when I hear this thing on December 31st, focus on multiplication. And then I started looking at our church over the past 10 years. We're medium sized. That's about uh, how you would classify us. And I, when I look at some of the things that have come out of our church, in a sense, we're, we're bigger than we are. The impact we've had in some places is much more significant than I would think from a church our size. We have some people who have been sent, and they're in some of the most difficult parts of the world doing grassroots ministry, literally in cities that have zero Christians. And we, that's, we've not waved that flag. God has spoken to people when they're sitting here, they're in your small groups, and they've responded faithfully. And we have multiple families who are, again, in some of the most difficult parts of the world serving. We have... People who started a ministry on Delk Road for people who are uh, trying to come out of the trafficking industry. We have people who've chosen to foster and adopt. We've had people who've chosen to run for office and start Bible clubs at their elementary school and start FCA in their middle school. And there are these. And I started thinking about community transformation and multiplication in a way other than traditional church planting it encouraged me if i think about traditional church planting i get discouraged because we hadn't done it we we haven't we've helped in some ways but we haven't we haven't led in that and um i again i don't think that's dead but as i began to think about what does it look like to focus on multiplication and where have i seen god work in this body in this group it's a whole lot of people who have said you know what i get it I am called, and I am sent, and I'm going to go. 
And that's what these post-it notes, these are from last night. There were probably 40 people here last night, and probably half of them responded. These are people saying, this is my spot. This is where God has put me, and this is what I'm doing there. And so I'm, I'm wanting to gather that information just for my own sake at this point. This is just a map of Marietta. It's not to um, dismiss any place that's not. It's just the map that we could get on short notice. So we'll get one that's a broader geographic area, but for right now, all we have is Marietta. Again, don't if you if your spot's not in there, don't think that we don't care. It's just not the map that they had um, at the place that we went to um, on Thursday. So we'll work on that. But for y'all, I want you thinking about where 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 am I? And if you don't have one, don't feel bad. That's nothing that you need to feel any type of condemnation over at all. But over the course of this year, my hope is that for more and more of us in our church, we begin to recognize where's God placed me and what has he called me to do there? Where's he put me physically? Where am I? And what's my responsibility in that area? I want to have eyes to see, God, where are you at work? Or for some of you, you can see very clearly where he's not. And that's what you're drawn to. This thing is broken and he needs to fix it. And you jump into those issues and those problems and those relationships. So my hope, again, is over the course of the years, we focus on multiplication. I don't exactly know what that means, but I do think it has. At some point, hopefully we will have this traditional church planting thing moving, and that, will, that helps on multiple levels. But even as we're doing that and trying to figure that part out, I'm wondering for this year particularly, what does it look like for us to focus on people and ministry that's not a traditional church? Because I haven't given adequate emphasis to that in terms of thinking about what does that look like in terms of moving us towards community transformation. Is there more going on than I'm aware of? Are there places that are being underserved that we need to really focus on in prayer and in terms of sending people? I don't know. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Very practically, we have a couple of things that we are going to try to do. One is the internship that Jeremy mentioned. We're going to do that again. We did say last year we wanted people who wanted to work in a church, and neither of those guys did. So we'll remove the caveat because apparently it doesn't matter to anyone anyway. So what we're going to do is say... If you are feel, if you have some sense of calling and you think being connected to our church staff in a church setting would help you discern your next step, then this internship may be a good option for you. And we can talk about what that might look like. So if you have some sense, if you don't have a clue, you're going to be bored to tears. But if you have some sense of what God is calling you to and you think, I, I think being in this environment may help me discern what's next, then I'd love for you to talk to me or Jeremy about it, and we can kind of get you set up and see if, if it's a good fit for you to work with this internship. We've also, our admin team has been incredibly uh, generous and, I think, forward-thinking in what they've done. We have an account, and we've had it for several years, set aside for people like me, for traditional church planters. If you want to plant a church, we have some money set aside to help you transition from whatever it is you're doing now to working, having your own congregation, which will pay your bills. And so there's, a, a tra- there's some transitional money. And what those guys decided to do um, 
a couple of weeks ago because of the generosity of everybody last year is they took a pretty significant chunk of money and set it aside and said, we're also, we also want to help some of these non-traditional things. We don't know exactly what that looks like. We're not going to throw money at every idea. Some, some ideas don't need money. But we do have some money set aside, a, a pretty good amount set aside for people who say, this is what God's put in my heart. I'm trying to move forward, and there's a financial component, a financial obstacle I can't overcome. And we want to help catalyze ministry that way. And so there's a couple of very practical things that we've done to hopefully emphasize this idea of focusing on multiplication. So a minute, grab one of those little sticky notes on your table, grab a pen, and just write. You can just write your name. If you, if you feel like you have something, if you don't, don't write anything down, but your name and what you're doing, and then find yourself on that map. You're going to need your glasses. And put the sticky note there. Just for me, I'm trying to figure out again, where's God working? Instead of banging my head against a wall, God, where are you already working What can we celebrate? Are there areas that we need to be more prayerful about, whether those are geographic areas or ministry areas? Like if we look and say, man, nobody's doing anything that revolving around issues of poverty and justice. It's not true. But if it were true, we may say we need that's something that we need to bring up. If we want to see our community transformed, that's got to happen. If nobody's doing anything around issues of race and reconciliation, well, that's that's an issue. If we want to see our community transformed. And so maybe we need to start praying about that and bringing that up in some intentional ways. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Where's God working? What can we celebrate? Where are the places where um, maybe there's some gaps? And so that we can begin to pray and talk about those things and see if we can spur people on uh, in those areas. Does that make sense? Good. Let's take a minute and pray if we will, if you will. God, I am so thankful for the people who um, have chosen to say Stonebridge is their home church. And I believe that none of them are saying, we just want a pretty box. They pick, there, are, there are plenty of those. I do believe the people who are here are here because they have a desire to partner with you and what you're doing in our city, our county, and around the world. So God, I pray that you would Affirm and confirm complacedness and sentness in every man and woman, every student in this room. That there would be this holy sense in each one of us that says, God's put me here. He's put me here. And we will begin to approach our context as a missionary would. I'm going to learn the language. I'm going to learn the culture. I'm going to learn the rhythms of this place. I'm going to see, God, where you're working, and I'm going to see where there's darkness and light needs to be brought. That we would all have that sense every day that we're not just living our lives, trying to make it to the weekend or make it to whatever those milestones are. That you've put us where you've put us for eternal and kingdom reasons. And so in the midst of paying the bills and running carpool and doing our jobs and hanging out with our neighbors and all of those things, we would always have this sense of purpose behind and underneath and shot through everything that we're doing. God, I pray for men and women in this room who think, not me. It's not not me. 
I got nothing to give. I pray that you would speak very clearly to them in the days and the weeks ahead. That you would show them the gifts that you've given to them. And you would also show them the good works that you've created in advance for them to do. I pray that the lie of the enemy that they're unqualified or they've been disqualified would fall. The truth that they've been chosen and that they're dearly loved by you. God, for each one of us, I pray there be a sense of excitement as we think his kingdom come and his will be done in Marietta and Cobb County and around the world. And God, I do pray that you give all of us eyes of faith to see not just what is, but what could be. God, I pray for the big dreamers in here who, for whatever reason, maybe pull back a little bit and think that's too audacious. God, I pray that you would affirm and confirm what of those dreams is from you, this God who does more than we can ask or imagine, this God for whom nothing is too difficult. God, I pray that over the course of this year, not just the men and women in this room, but uh, all of the men and women who are connected to Stonebridge, for all of us, we would have, again, just this holy sense of placedness, and we would live faithfully where you've put us. I pray that you would burden us in prayer uh, for the people in the places where we live and move. And God, I pray that we would see answers to those prayers within this calendar year. We want to continue to pray for you to raise up church planters, absolutely. You know, that's important. And at the same time, God, my, my desire, and I, I think it's yours for the year, is that you would release an army of missionaries. Some of whom will move, and most of whom who won't. But we'll begin to live with a different level of intentionality. Uh, God, if there's anything that I can do, that we can do as a staff, as leadership, pray you'd speak to us. We certainly don't want to hinder any of your getting anybody's way. So show us, God, how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here. You can fill out that sticky note, stick it on the map. If you um, would like to talk through some of those calling issues. Um, That's something I enjoy doing, so I'll be happy to meet with you uh, to talk through that. We can do that for sure. We have some other things. We have FIT, which is coming up next week, and Mighty Men. We do that about eight or nine times a year. Those things may be good corporate venues for you to connect into as well. So otherwise, fill out that card, take some food, get your dish. Thank you all so much uh, for being here tonight.